Hello all sentient beings and welcome to Transmissions Alt Mode Special Edition that's related to the... On this very special Transmissions Alt Mode, we welcome veteran Transformers comic book artist Alex Milne for an in-depth interview about his work, Life After More Than Meets the Eye, and his new upcoming ROM vs. Transformers miniseries. We have all of this and so very much more on this Transmissions Alt Mode Special Edition. Transmissions is powered by listeners like you. If you enjoy our shows and want to help support us, please visit transmissionspodcast.com slash support to find out how to donate. Welcome to Transmissions, the podcast that joined the Soul Star Order. I'm your host, Charles, a.k.a. Big C, and I'm joined by the excellent Transmissions team, Jeremy, a.k.a. Yakko. How you doing? And Daryl, the Cybertronian Beast. Hey, how's it going? Let's talk Transformers. All right, and this is a special episode. We've got a very special interview to bring to you today. Daryl, introduce our guest. All right. Our guest today is no stranger to transmissions, and even though he hasn't been on the show in a few years, he still makes his presence felt by busting our balls over Twitter, creating incredible art for our Till All Are One cover, and all around just keeping Yoshi in check. He recently rated Transmissions his fifth favorite out of five Transformers podcasts, and we'll take that. Please help me in welcoming Mr. Alex Milne to the show. Hey, hey, here to bombard your ears and make all your donators upset. Donors. <laughs> donors. Donors. I, I think it's donators. Jeremy, play the clip. <laughs> no, we no. Really donors, 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 donors. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> That's awesome. See, he does listen. No respect at all. <laughs> well, Yoshi's not here, so I got I got hit on somebody. You know? <laughs> yeah, we uh, we first interviewed uh, you back in on episode thirty one. Uh, which was back on, in March of 2014. Uh, those were the years. <laughs> I sit way back. So long. We were so young then. Since then, uh, we've seen and spoken to you at numerous conventions. And, uh, yeah, you've, you've, you've kept yourself pretty busy. Yeah. Now, like I mentioned in the, in, in the intro, uh, you, uh, you helped us with our, our Till All Are One cover. Quickly, if anyone, uh, you know, doesn't really know the process. Can you go over that process? Uh, what do you generally do when you when you start with creating a cover? Well, usually I come up with a couple roughs, and then I send that to the to the editor, and he picks them. But this time, you guys came to me and like, we'd like you to make a cover based on this image here. So there was no real rough needed at that time because you already had you already gave me a an idea of what the posing should be. So. I just swapped out the characters cool. for the ones that you guys wanted. And then yeah. I just like modified like the background to make it like the way I draw backgrounds and stuff. So but I, I did try and keep it a little bit more simplistic since you wanted an original Marvel image homage. So mm -hmm. I tried to keep the characters a little bit more simplistic than how I would normally draw them. Mm -hmm. And then that, that was sent to Josh Prez to color. And it was, you did a great job. Yeah. Yeah. Josh, Josh hit it out of the park. Um, how long would you say it, it normally takes you to, to pound out a cover image? Like that one or like... Well, in general, yeah. 
Um, it depends. Uh, anywhere from six to 18 hours. Wow. It really depends on what's going on on the image. Okay. So I was I was thoroughly impressed with the speed that you got ours done. It, it seemed like no time. So if you were doing like a George Perez style, like every single character in the book on one on one cover, that would just take what, like 32 hours. Well, they'd be pretty tiny, so yeah. probably not. But <laughs> if I if it was if I did like the connecting cover for the the countdown to 50, that right, yeah, that took me two weeks to do. Wow, yeah. And like it's not two weeks of like full on like sitting down like eight hours a day or twenty four hours a day or whatever. It's just like I did it over a span of two weeks, which was a long time. Mm -hmm. For for covers like during regular issues, do they give you like a general idea of what's in the book, or do, does someone say here's a cover idea that you want, or do they give you the freedom to say just come up with an idea? Uh, the way it used to be was um, I would get a cover description from when I used to work on More Than Meets Yeah, I'd get a cover description from James, and he'd give me an idea of what he wanted to see. Later on, starting around issue 50, I basically asked for just give me an, an idea of what's happening in the series. And I went about coming up with a series of images that I felt like went along with the story, but I didn't want to draw anything specific that happened in the book. I wanted to do mm -hmm. a series that was more the emotional content of what the characters were feeling at that time. So a buildup of like tension and dread and fear and loss. So that's how I came across with covers 51 to 55. The only one that was really a literal sense of what was happening was at number 52 and that was Tarn beating up on Megatron but I just couldn't resist having like a beat up Megatron face looking like mm -hmm. if I had the chance I'd beat the crap out of you <laughs> you're lucky right now because <laughs> mm -hmm. Megatron's like doesn't look like he's like weak or like timid taking that pummeling he looks like I really want to rip you apart in that image so that's what I wanted to do now, some of those some of those covers that uh, you're talking about, some of those late uh, uh, more than BCI covers are, are iconic, really beautiful images. So, yeah, well done. Uh, getting into conventions, because like I said at the start, we've seen you at a, quite a few. Are there any conventions that you really, really want to go to but haven't had the opportunity yet? Oh, there's like a bunch of them that I haven't had the opportunity to go to. At the moment, um, I want to go to Emerald City Comic Con at some point. Um, I wouldn't mind doing WonderCon. Okay. I don't know, like maybe some of the overseas conventions mm -hmm. that I haven't really had the chance to explore yet. Anything in Japan or um, Singapore, stuff, stuff like that. Or the Dubai one that Livia is always going to. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I want to go to that one. Oh. <laughs> he seems to have a great time. Well, Livio is just a fun guy and everything. Uh, they'd probably look at me and he's like, you look upset a lot of the time. <laughs> Why are you so angry? And I'd be like, I'm not angry. You look angry. Oh, not. Sorry. <laughs> My face is just stuck that way. Do you have any uh, any convention plans that you're starting to, to kind of settle on for 2017? I am. I am kind of concerned about a couple of them, only because they're in the U.S., 
Ah. And I'm not 100% sure how that's going to go over. Right. We have a question about that. So, I mean, we'll we'll skip right to that because you touched on it. But recently, obviously, the, the, the trouble that uh, IDW artist Giselle Legacy got into with the U.S. border security, I'm assuming you're up to date on that. What is, what is that? Uh, how do you feel about that? It's weird. I, I've had trouble at the border before, so um, I'm not sure exactly all the details that she went through and that, but I did. I do think that she had like a lot of comic books with her too at the okay. time. So it's easy to spot that kind of merchandise in the back and they'll be like, I, what are you going, what are you coming in here for? What mm-hmm. are you going to do with this? But it, I guess it all depends on like, uh, what, like, what you're going for and what you're bringing with. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, I mean, I think it was, uh, 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 Sarah Peter Durocher mentioned earlier this year that um, that she's not doing any U.S. conventions this year because um, she was afraid of of this kind of thing happening. So, um, and and or worse, obviously. So, um, you know, it's it's definitely a fear that uh, that a lot of people are thinking of. Not even not just in the comic book industry. It's 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 all around, right? So, yeah, um, I I just think it's kind of ridiculous because. Whenever I go to these conventions, I end up spending a lot of money on hotels, food, and merchandise over there. Sure. So I'm like, I'm pumping a lot of money into your economy that maybe the general person wouldn't pay out. Yeah. Like for for going to these conventions, so like you're you're basically hurting yourself from stopping some of us from going over there because mm-hmm. like. We're willing to spend money to go to the U.S. Yeah. Well, and the fact that you're there, more people are spending money as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And it's like, I got no problem with U.S. artists coming up over here. In fact, I like it a lot. I'd be like, yay, I don't have to travel that far. Just go to Toronto for yeah. Fan Expo and hit them up there for signatures and stuff like that. <laughs> well, you know, that, other, that brings up another question that I hadn't actually thought of, because I did see you this uh, uh, this past Fan Expo in September um, in Toronto. And do you, you know, go out and, and look for, uh, you know, people that you're a fan of and, and, and chat with them or get them to sign stuff of yours? Oh, I, I, <laughs> like sign stuff of mine, like my artwork? I'd be like, well, <laughs> no. uh, why, why, would I, why would I want them to sign my artwork? I'd be like, can you sign my, my comic book here? Maybe if it was a sketch cover of a book that I worked on, that would be cool. But yeah, yeah, I, I I always try and get like signatures of artists I I love and respect. Um, whenever I go to a convention, like usually if Herberto Ramos is there, I I go up with him and I I try and chat with him a bit because he's an artist that I, I really respect. Yeah, I don't know. Like I don't like to feel like I'm bugging people too because I know what it's like for artists that uh, need to get need to get stuff done because you only have a certain amount of time to get your commission list done or interact with fans. And I don't want to feel like I'm taking up too much of their time. And even at, when the show is ended, it's like they've been chatting up with people the whole day. It's like, you want to relax and everything. I don't want to intrude upon their time. So yeah, I don't want to be, I don't want to be that, that person that doesn't understand uh, like personal space and everything. I'm yeah. sure it's happened a couple of times, but like, I try to be mindful of that. Mm-hmm. For people that get sketches from you, uh, what would what would be the one thing that you'd like to tell everyone out there? 
I'm sorry if you're still waiting for them. <laughs> uh, I don't want to rush them. And like, there will be times that IDW needs to come first. So if you're still waiting for them, they're coming and they'll be, they'll look just as good as like anything I put in the comic book. So just hold out a little longer and you'll, you'll get rewarded even more. No, no. Um, for people that come to conventions and want something done, the, the, the one thing I can really ask for is if it's an obscure character or not a very well-known character or somebody that I've never worked on before, please, please bring reference for that character, like print something out that I can have just sitting on the table and I can draw your, your commission from that because I, it's so hard to like look it up because I might not find the best piece of reference. If, if the, person who wants the commission has that kind of reference just bring it to me like print it out bring it to me and that's that's very helpful save mm -hmm. saves time uh make sure that it has like all the detail that you want because like if i'm have to google search or anything it's like i could pick like the wrong one like the wrong interpretation or like some detail on one that wasn't drawn the other and you're like i want the other detail here on this one, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, you didn't provide the reference at the time. I wasn't sure. Mm -hmm. So just just make it very simple for me to like pick that. Or just be like, draw whatever you want, and then that's even better, because I'll be like, okay, I'll draw whatever I want. <laughs> Future reference for everyone out there, when you ask for skids, Alex will draw the Bayverse skids for you. <laughs> yes, I will. Um, is there, a, is there a character out there that you're just getting sick and tired of people asking for? I don't know. Like, it's it's kind of weird because um, the last few conventions have had a very diverse amount of different characters to draw. That mm -hmm. It's been quite enjoyable to get to draw some of these characters. Um, and I always have to try and think of new and interesting ways of portraying them. I'm, I'm still waiting for the... The next person to ask for an Ambulon one, and I'll just give it to him, but I'll have ripped it in half, and I'll taped it up down the uh -huh. middle there. So it'll be mixed media, that, that piece. <laughs> if they complain, just, you know, give I'll them something in writing saying you did the ripping yourself. Yeah, yeah. If, they, if they complain about it, I'll be like, what? It's, it's, it's canon. <laughs> there you go. Which is also what he was turned into. <laughs> the comic book industry kind of um, kind of got all uh, crazy the last little bit when uh, the Marvel artist uh, Ardeen Saif, I don't, I don't know how his name, pronounce his name, um, hid some political views in the X-Men Gold issue number one that came out a few weeks back. Have you ever seen anything like this happen before? Has anybody, um, has your works you know, ever fallen victim to a fellow artist's political or religious views. It seems kind of unprecedented that this has happened um, in the comic book industry. But, um, you know, since we're talking to you and you're an artist as well, it seems like a, a topical question for you. There's always going to be like Easter eggs in work. And I've been told, of course. I've been told like, uh, don't like, don't, don't throw in Easter eggs to websites anymore and stuff like that. Cause I sometimes throw in like TFW or some other, uh, website or name somebody like in the like it drawing like graffiti on the background right right they're like well we don't like that i'm like okay that's not a problem um but nothing nothing like what that that fellow did <laughs> and i was just like wow wow that's that's something 
for yeah. my you, comic book. For my comic book store. Can you put that issue aside for me, please? Yeah. <laughs> you snuck in uh, Amy and Dave from uh, Underbase into an issue, didn't you? I did. I did, ago? and I, I sneak. I sneak Josh in there. When, whenever I have to draw like an Earth, whenever I get to draw like a comic book set on Earth, and you get to do a crowd scene, like I'll I'll put in people that I might know. And it's little background things, but that's not uh, really. Um, too big of a deal as long as like they're they're cool with it mm-hmm. like the person that you're sneaking in yeah right but, are there any other is there anybody in the um uh the more than meets the eye revolution one shot should i go back and look through that and see if i can find somebody i, I don't think i think that one that book i had to do at such a pace that i didn't have time to really plan it out as much as i would have liked to so plus okay. like uh the scenes in that book really just focused on the the two scavengers and what's his name, the G.I. Joe guy. Oh, uh, it, MP3. Yeah, yeah. It's a forget. <laughs> it's a forgettable issue for me. So, like, it's easy for me to forget the names in that book because I'm just like, hmm. Because yeah. I, I kind of really wanted that book to be something a little different than from what we got. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just like, why? Why can't we? Why can't I draw like G.I. Joe and like mask and everything battling each other and die race and rom and everything i'm like rom's not even in that book <laughs> i'm just like oh man and i was like why can't i draw something like it's on the cover everybody's like eating at like a a diner outside that would have been fun just give me an issue of that but i didn't even get that <laughs> yeah you you recently subbed in and did the art for optimus prime number four um, which this book was formerly Transformers, which was formerly Robots in Disguise. And one of the main differences between it and More Than Meets the Eye is the inclusion of the human characters. Uh, what was it like getting back into drawing humans in Earth uh, settings instead of just Transformers in space? It was different. I had to make sure that I wasn't making up stuff now. So, mm-hmm. But I, guess I had done the Revolution thing, which was Earth-based. Right. So... I was somewhat a little bit more used to looking up reference for areas that I wanted to go. Probably the the easier thing was the writer, like John Barber, was um, able to, if there was like a setting there, he had it in the script. He gave me a piece of reference that I, like, here's where they're going to be. I'm like, all right, this is, this is really good because it now makes me actually, or it actually gives me a piece of reference to go off of here. With uh, the more... You're talking about like a real world setting? Yeah. Yeah, real world setting there. With the More Than Meets the Eye Revolutions one, I had city names, but no reference to go on. So what I actually did there was I went into Google Earth and I found a street scene. And like I was like, okay, this is the area that I'm going to set up for the first part of that book when you see Grimlock destroying the city there. And I was able to rotate the view around because if I wanted a different angle on the street, I wanted to know what the buildings were on the opposite side. And then I looked up, because there were two uh, cities named in the book on Grimlock's tirade. And I went into like a map and looked which destination, where the destination is going, where was the, the middle point where the first city was. So I could map out a route so I knew which highway he would have been on. So when I was drawing the highway sign, I was getting the correct highway that he could have been on to take his route to wherever his sword was. 
So there's a bunch of stuff that like I had to research out there, whereas with Optimus Prime, some of it was provided for me, and that was a great help. But then I was also, when the scene where you had uh, Thundercracker and Marissa Fairborn walking through the bazaar, I was like, I was Googling that to find images of what kind of merchandise you would find in a bazaar, like rugs and how the buildings were set up, like balconies, windows, air conditioner units outside, like, because it's in a hot climate that they were in. Um, it's just stuff like that. That's cool. You really did your homework. With the Optimus Prime number four, what uh, what were the two Easter eggs that uh, nobody ever found? Ah, uh, those two Easter eggs. There. Okay. One of them. So there were there were five total. There were five total. That you put yeah that you put in there. Three three were found. Three were found. And, and I mean, we have them listed in the show notes, so anyone can can check them out if they want. Um, but if you want to go uh, recap them, Charles, can you recap them for us? Yeah. So um, there's a uh, mechanical. Yep. Uh, in the and uh, Kremzik, and uh, then uh, there was uh, what was the other one? Josh Perez. Oh yeah, you 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 snuck in your uh, good buddy Josh Perez there. That's a Bumblebee <laughs> shirt. <laughs> now the other two they're a little bit more subtle one of them's probably a little bit or probably very tough to find but um what the one that's a little more subtle that you might not think is an easter egg is on the page where you have rc sparring with what's the what's the name of that little droid bot? Uh, doc doc on the wall there is a medical cross thing is what i set up in more than meets the eye was the symbol for the medical unit that was not set up in previous transformers books so that was the design that i used that would be on like all the medical guys so pharma first aid from delphi and that so ah okay so there's that i just established okay. that uh, that's what i want in all like medical areas i want to have that symbol somewhere posted and the other one is on the page with Thundercracker and Marissa going through the bazaar. There is a child in there that has a Lost Light t-shirt on. It's just like a silhouette, really? a silhouette of the Lost Light on the t-shirt. It's like a hockey jersey that he's wearing. Oh, oh I see awesome. that. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That's great. Well done. Has there ever been a scene that's been written for you that that that's intimidated you? You've kind of gotten the writing and been like, oh, shit, that's going to be tough. Maybe yes and no. Uh, yes, when I see what I have to draw, and then I'm like, oh, there's all this dialogue to fit in there that I can't just lay it out more naturally. Like, I have to make sure, like, some of the characters are in certain positions that I wouldn't have normally wanted them in, just so that the dialogue flows a little better. Okay. But then there are times where, like in Optimus Prime Mission 4 at the very end, it's like a horde of Sharkticons come out of the, the ship. And I'm just like... Mm-hmm all right, what what can I do for a horde? And I'm just like, I just started to draw. And I'm like, yeah, 30 or 40 of them. That's a comfortable number, whatever. <laughs> that that looked fantastic, really. Um, and I think it was, uh, I had mentioned this to you, I, I think, before, but Matt Moylan's tweet about it, uh, about Alex Millen's the only artist I know that won't blink when you say, I need 50 Sharktacons. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm crazy enough to be like a challenge accepted. Yeah. Will it work? I don't know until I'm done. Yeah. 
doesn't doesn't mean I won't complain about it like while I'm drawing it because I'll be like, oh, why did I do this? <laughs> but when I step back at the end, I'm like, oh, that's why I did it. It looks good. I'm happy. Yeah. Um, Alex, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about uh, the, the let's say let's call it the elephant in the room. Um, I, I would kindly ask you not to make fun of my weight. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, I think I got you beat, buddy. You're good. Um, so, uh, for, for the, for the most, for most of the issues, you were the guy that brought more than meets the eye to life. 38 out of 57, in fact. And then all of a sudden you weren't. For those of us following you on social media during that time, uh, we noticed that, uh, the separation seemed to come out of nowhere. Did you have any indication that they were going to be replacing you on the title when it switched over to Lost Light? Well, I I had an email before John Barber left being the editor there saying that um or asking me if I still wanted to be on More Than Meet CI when it was relaunched. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, okay, um you are going to be uh sharing art duties with Jack. Jack Lawrence. Jack, Jack Lawrence. You're going to be sharing art duties with Jack. So I'm like, okay. And I was like, fine, no problem. But the way it says like I'm going to be sharing. So I'm like the way it was just worded there, it's like me, then Jack. I'm like, okay, so I'll I'll start it off. Jack will take over. I'll jump back. Whatever, it's fine. I'm like, just what they want to keep the books uh, on time. I'm like, that's that's fine with me. But then uh, nobody nobody told me like uh, what was how the launch the relaunch was going to happen and everything. So afterwards, so. Mm-hmm. Then I get to find out that I'm not doing issue one, and I was just like, "Oh, that's disappointing." Right. I don't know. I don't recall where it the uh, the it came from. There was a slide that was in a uh, presentation somewhere. San Diego Comic Con. <laughs> all right, that's where it was. Um, and they uh, they had said publicly that the creative teams on the Transformers books were not going to change. Uh, they did. Um, it's noticeably was not only you um transformers the title transformers lost andrew griffith and josh perez and was there any any kind of backlash or, or not maybe that backlash is a wrong word but um when typically when a, a company comes out and says the creative teams aren't going to change it's it's the benefit to benefit the fans or the readers, but it's also a kind of a, of a, of a kind of a, of a, of a calming thing to the, to the people involved, the artists, the creative teams, because, okay, we're relaunching the books, but you guys are good. You're, you're, you know, you're still going to be working on the, on the books. And yet essentially everybody except the writers changed. And, and us as, as readers, especially like, the, the four of us that do this show, especially, we were thrown pretty pretty far for a loop here because, you know, we got so used to reading the books and got so used to the creative teams. When everything just kind of went up in the air, uh, we really didn't know what to think. Did you have any, you know, conversations with anyone else about uh, about the changes? Well, like, I, I don't want to speak for Andrew. Right, of course. But the impression that I got was that Andrew wanted a change. And was looking for another book, like something not Transformers for all, because he felt burnt out on Transformers. Okay, but he like, said I, something I, like that on Twitter. Yeah, like I don't want to speak for him. 
so I could be getting it wrong. But like my initial impression is like that he was actually looking for a change. So okay. as for um, Josh Prez, um, I don't know what happened with him for that reason. Uh, I know at one point Josh Bertram was doing right colors for uh, Transformers for a bit. So I'm not sure what what uh, reason Josh had to take the time off for, but then it just seemed like they didn't at the time uh, have anything to put him back onto. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure what what was up with that. But um, that that's something best asked him because I don't want right, to speak yeah. for him about anything because I don't want to get anything misinterpreted or wrong. Yeah. For me, like I I was not looking for any break. I was or just just like maybe like like a if there could be an event where we don't do a couple issues and then I can just be like, okay, back, back to the grind to give me like two months to sure. gather, gather myself. And that would have been like Titans return. Those, those fill in books. So yeah, we got, you know, we got really used to seeing your art and the create, uh, the, the characters in more than meets the eye, those for all intents and purposes, you know, James put the words in their mouth, but but you created them. They're um, my babies. They're your babies, yeah. So, is there is there any hope for a return to you for for you on Lost Light, or is is that kind of past? Uh, I don't know. Again, like there there's been no like firm uh, like confirmation of what I'm going to be doing. Okay. On Lost Light, except for covers at the moment. So. Right. I remember. One, I remember at one point they're like. There was, uh, I think it was at New York Comic Con. They were saying when before the project that I was that I'm on right now was announced, they said that I'm going to be doing a secret project, and then uh, I'll do like alternating arcs. But that hasn't happened yet. So until like I get like a firm confirmation on that, I, I just can't be like I, I don't, I just I don't know what's happening. Right. It's not up to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're going to talk about that secret project in a bit. For you being a part of the the creative shakeup uh, with more than BCI slash uh, you know Lost Light, um, what what was your takeaway? Did you did you learn anything from the process, or or you know anything professionally that you can you know kind of pass along about being taken off, or like what? Well, you know, kind of being stuck in the middle. Um, it, it just, it just proves like that, uh, they really only care about the writers and that's what they believe is the the driving force of the book. And you can see that with like, not all the fans, not all of them, but some of them, they don't care about what artist is on the book. They just want their story. So that as long as you don't change the writing staff, they're going to continue to read that story, no matter who draws it. And that's fine mm-hmm. because people want to read what they're interested in and some people are not as picky as others of the artistic style of the book so mm-hmm. yeah so it, for me it's just like it makes me be like don't have an ego about like your work here because you can draw as good as you want but it doesn't matter because they can replace you no problem so i think that's a good thing you don't get you don't grow a huge ego about things then because you never know <laughs> you might be out of that position and then then what are you going to do so mm-hmm. but i just i just take in stride and just be like whatever new project i'm on it's fun and if i wasn't 
like if I was still on that book, then I wouldn't have had the opportunity to work on Optimus Prime issue four, which was very fun to work on for me. And like, I wouldn't be doing this new project, which is like immensely fun. It's, it's more fun than more than meets the eye has been in the last little while for me. And more than meets the eye has been fun. It was fun. Mm -hmm. Right. But this is like, this is hitting all of my creative buttons in a way that, that book never did like it would hit it'd be like it would hit like seven or eight out of ten of them but this is hitting 10 11 or 12 i'm like i didn't know i had these ones that it's hitting it's like wow that's great i'm happy i'm happy for you that you've got that and i'm very much looking forward to it when it when it does come out now before we get to that the i do want to hit on one more thing being part of more than meets the eye and the uh that book for so long, you had to uh, endure some, you know, IDW crossovers over the years and kind of drag drag that book through them. How do you find the experience uh, now that you're, you know, kind of on the outside of them? Do the ID do the crossover events? Do they fall more on the IDW side, or does Hasbro end up pushing them a bit now? you may not be able to answer whether it's Hasbro or IDW, but, but more on the creative and how it affects the book. Again, like I, I'm not hundred percent sure like who really wants or who's really pushing for the crossovers. But the one thing that everybody like writers and artists, like the creators have to remember is that transformers does not belong to us. It belongs to Hasbro. And it belongs to IDW, who bought the license from Hasbro. So whatever those two companies want to do, that's what we're going to do. And I feel like some of us should find a way of doing it. Because, like, don't think of it as a hindrance. Think of it as an opportunity, right, to tell some different stories, to take a different approach on things. We've this new crossover of merging all of the Hasbro properties together, it opens up a multitude of like uh, different storytelling abilities and concepts that you wouldn't have had if it was just Transformers anymore. Like with ROM and everything, you, you it expands on the universe, right? So mm-hmm. you could you could have like the Lost Light running into the Soul the Soul Star Knights and like the Die Wraiths and all this stuff and causing even more havoc in the book. So like, I wouldn't look at it as be like, Oh, it's interrupting with my transformer story here. But it's like, just think of it as like expanding on the universe and there are alien races out there. So you can have a lot more fun with it. Like a lot more like science fiction stories. That's just, that's just my opinion, but like to each their own, like a lot Mm -hmm. of people don't are not fans of that. And I'm like, I'm not going to knock their, their opinions are their opinions. They're valid. Mm -hmm. But like, for for creators in that like just just think of it as like a an opportunity or a challenge to be like okay listen let me see what i can do with this and be like instead of be like i'll just like toss something out and be like whatever i i feel like well let me let me put my best into that and see what i can really come up with because i might come up with something like I, i'm really happy with here that i didn't think of before so i think of it as like a, an interesting opportunity good well that's good now to get into this new secret project, it was recently announced it was. that uh, 
It was. It was. <laughs> it was. <laughs> um, that uh, that you and uh, John Barber, as well as Christos Gage, are working on ROM versus the Transformers Shining Armor. That we are. Um, and it what, shines uh, brightly. <laughs> it shines gleaming into the universe. What what can you tell us about the book? I won't go. I can't go into details about things. Um, what's what's the end? Tell me the end <laughs> of the book. <laughs> well, there's an event that happens, and calamity happens, and death, rebirth. Oh, so they're gonna merge with DC? All that good stuff. <laughs> yeah, it will. We'll merge with DC, and it'll be IDW now. <laughs> so, yeah. I've I've taken a look at the cover that that came out for it, mm-hmm. and uh, it looks good. You've got um, you've got Bumblebee and Ultra Magnus on the cover. So, can I assume that the uh, the series is going to have a few more recognizable characters, or is it going to have just Bumblebee and Ultra Magnus kind of? buddy comedying it up through the <laughs> ROM universe. I do know from reading the solicits and interviews that have been happened already that about it, um, that I can tell you that Starscream is also in it. Okay. There are a few more known Transformers, possibly Decepticons, that will show up in this book. So far, uh, Ultra Magnus and Bumblebee are the, the two main Autobots of the story. I think the the most interesting thing about this book, unlike any other Transformers comic, this is very much a sci-fi horror story. Wait, wait, did you did you say horror? Yeah, sci-fi horror. A Transformers horror book. This is interesting. I'm kind of my interest is peaked on this. So this is really going to be dark. I yeah, I like this. And that that's brought in through the ROM aspects, right? But then when you add the Transformers into it, it's like, oh, this is, this is even more interesting here, what's happening. So it's, it's unlike any of the, the books that have like come before it. I'd say like the the one book that I worked on that was kind of like a horror-style horror story was with the Spark Eater, but it, it doesn't hold a candle to this book in the, the terms of creepiness and like the stuff that goes on in it. It's just, I'm like, I'm like, I'm getting to draw this. This is, I'm like, wow. This, that was dark story, dude. That, um, so, okay. So you, the writers of the story are, are John Barber, Christos Gage, um, who are co-writing. How much control do you have over the story? Like, are, are they using Marvel method? They are using Marvel method. So how it, how it comes to me, the script comes to me in plot form so i'll get just an idea of what's going on on the page but nothing saying panel one panel two or anything like that and i i go about and i design the page up how i feel the story should be and then i I send it to them and it's out of my hands there so i i don't know what the dialogue in this book is (laughs) (laughs) So I'm just like, part of me is like, I hope I left enough room for dialogue here. Because I'm like, I'm drawing a lot of uh, intricate stuff and um, a lot of action. Um, but 
I guess is because I've been so used to doing the more than meets the eye style scripts and knowing that that book had like a lot of dialogue that I'm just part of me is like, I hope there's enough room for dialogue, but this is, this book's not like that. It's not even set, it's not even set up the same way. So I'm sure uh, I've left adequate room for whatever uh, John and Crystal want to, uh, to write in there. Have they ever come back to you with a page saying, hey, we envision something slightly different for this? I I send them roughs first, like a rough breakdown of like what I feel like the, uh, the pages should look like. And at that time, there'll be any changes that need to be made mm-hmm. before I start actually working on final pages. But I've never had one saying like... Uh, we envision something different. It's like, wow, do you, do you think a 10 panel page, you could, that's not too much. And I'm like, Nope. Because like I, I decided it was a 10 panel page, not the writer. The, um, this title is bringing you back together with Josh Perez, uh, who you mentioned is, you know, a good friend of yours and, uh, and of this shows we we've talked to him a number of times. Um, and you have a long history with working with him. So how has it been, working with uh on a full book with josh again um it's just it's like how many how many years has it been since we've worked on interiors together it's just like that it's like we haven't really lost a step it's great to work with him again i'm always uh, impressed by the level of dedication and talent he brings to the pages he sees things in a very animation style and Mm -hmm. for the most part that's we both see things like if this could be like an animated movie or something like that's how a lot of the pages are set up. So, um, he just, he has a unique talent for making it seem like an, an animated movie. And, uh, it's fun because like he, he's also been clamoring to do something that was a little bit more in like a horror vein style story. So we both get this unique chance to do something like that. So it's fun. That's good. I do. I do feel like uh, that maybe I, I've, I've not been as easy on him as in the past for like the the, the amount of work that I have given him to do now. Like uh, he, I remember at one point he was um, very excited because it's like we, we get to work together again and it's been so long. But I'm like in in my head, I'm like I, I don't really draw the same way anymore, and yeah. may, maybe that might be. A little bit of a, a shock when you see some of the stuff that I'm doing now because like my, my styles have changed my tastes sure. have changed of like how I want to draw and render my my uh, pages now I'm trying a lot more traditional techniques that I haven't done in the past that um, I know specifically are not suited for like a cell shade style I know Josh is very comfortable doing a cell shade style. And I love, I, I told Josh, like, whatever style you want to color this book in, I'm, I'm game, right? I just want to do, like, this book how I saw it and something that I could show off to other companies as, like, a portfolio material because it's not – again, this book is not strictly Transformers, right? So mm-hmm. – you get mm-hmm. there's a an opportunity to draw a lot of different things, a lot of different environments, alien species, humanoid characters, not humans, but humanoid characters, and it's just it's I think it breaks that kind of mindset of 
the whole thing of like you're drawing a Transformers comic, you're just drawing a toy comic here, whereas this is actually it's like you're showing a lot more, and it's like oh, you're, that's a really cool sci-fi comic that you're drawing there. And so I'm hoping that that gets a little bit more attention, even though like Transformers comics haven't been like a toy ad in a very long time. There's no. still this um, this kind of mindset that they're not as worthy as other comic books, which they totally are. And you just need let people need to give it a chance and more, more so people in the industry need to give it a chance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Li- licensed comics as, as a whole don't get the respect they deserve. Well, that that's not hundred percent true because GI Joe is a licensed comic, but GI Joe is more valid in the eye. Like it has been more valid in the eyes of Marvel editors than transformer comics, which is weird. Because they're both they're both toy comics in a sense, but, but whatever, whatever. I tend to look at it on the the side of the value. You know, Transformers comics have been around since '84, but you know, out, outside of that original '80 uh, series, and given the first couple issues, the first four, and then the last like five of them, um, you're not going to find an issue that's worth over four or five dollars, including all of the um, ones from. Dreamwave or IDW, uh, and that drives me absolutely insane because I'm sitting on like 700 <laughs> Transformers comics. <laughs> I would like one or two of them to be worth a good amount of money, but but it has everything to do with them just being Transformers comics and nothing else. The story doesn't matter at all. Yeah. So John Barber wrote in an er, wrote uh, mentioned in an interview. That uh, you designed a, a character named Star Drive. Uh, can you tell us about Star Drive? Well, first of all, Star Drive is a female character, so that's nice to expand more into that realm. Uh, adding new characters, especially with female characters, to Transformers is something I'm always been a big thing for because I'm just like, why, why not? Why not let's add some more? <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like I, I got no I have no problem adding more female uh, Transformer characters to the universe. I'm down for that. This one doesn't quite know that she's well. I don't know if it's right to assume like she, she thinks that she's Cybertronian because we don't know where she's from. But or do we? I can't remember what was said in the interview. I think they said. They said that she was a Cybertronian that like the Soul Star Order rescued as an infant, something right. like that. So anyways, from the, the preview art, you could tell that there was a, a ship that was shot down there. And we can assume like that she was on board that doesn't really know about what's going on in the universe with Cybertron and that. So doesn't know all the, the horrors of war that Cybertron has or Cybertronians have unleashed upon the galaxy, mainly the Decepticons. You're dealing with a character that doesn't know why people are afraid of her. They don't know, she doesn't know why they're showing all these prejudices against her. And doesn't realize until it's mentioned to her that there are other Cybertronians, right? And then you're going to deal with the the whole idea of she doesn't realize there are different types of Cybertrons like Autobots and Decepticons. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, which side she relates to, right? Who 
who's going to be the the slick talker and you got starscream in it so already we know we have used cars salesman style talking here that is going to try and sell you on the decepticon so we'll, we'll see what happens but um yeah she she comes into being and uh is raised by this whole star order and uh i, I think like in the story um rom is the only one that's really accepting of her so it, I, I like to feel like rom's her friend cool um i can't wait to to check this book out now it has i don't know whether it's been mentioned i i may if it has i've missed it is is this a mini series or or an ongoing it's a mini series um i don't think it has been mentioned but it's it's five issues okay all right I would love it to be an ongoing series because then I'd be like, hey, I did get to do a, a, num- a number one cover for an ongoing. <laughs> and then I'd be like, thumbs up. But it, it's a mini series. I, I don't know if you could do a, a whole ongoing with this book. I'd like to give it a try. But then you'd, you'd run into the problem of like all the established history that's right come before it that you you'd run into problems with making it mesh properly which then would be a retcon yoshi if you're dealing with that <laughs> this is oh. just this is just adding to the history so there's no retcon going on we're just adding retcon is Thank when you. you've taken something that's been established and you change it to make something else work now this is not thank it. you thank you <laughs> The one thing that has been said, and we uh, we neglected to mention it here, is that to readers of this uh, this this new book coming out will want to know or will know when they start reading it is that uh, this book takes place two hundred years in the past, so before any of the IDW books have ever started. So anything that that you read in the in this upcoming series will basically kind of be unknown history right like you had just kind of mentioned so uh, yeah it's 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 definitely an interesting take on 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 the the unknown history of the transformers and rom i'm i'm really looking forward to reading it and and, and if it is as as dark and, and creepy as you've led to believe and if it's darker than that one issue the spark eater issue then uh, then you say um this is this has potential to be really fucked up, man. It's uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I, I do know, like in Rom, in the Rom series that's going on right now, they have alluded to aspects of what happened in this story here. They don't go into specifics, but you have one of the characters saying, "You know what happens when a wraith combines with a Cybertronian," and uh, that's going to happen in this book, and you're going to see that. I won't go into detail about that, but all I can say is expect uh, thing levels of visuals there. Yeah. Uh, Barber's quote in that interview was horrifying. His <laughs> description of, of, of that merging. It, it is horrifying. And if you've ever seen the movie The Thing and was horrified by that, then yes, yes that's what's going to happen. So th- this will not be a book to read in a dark room. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this, is not a, this is not a book to read to your... Your young children at bedtime. <laughs> you might have them sleeping with you for the next few nights. And sweet little Bumblebee was inviscerated. What? Uh, he, 
you, you can't kill off characters that are <laughs> oh. in. In He's already future. dead. You, you could do a number of things to Ultra Magnus because we've already established it's just a suit of armor. Oh. But it all depends on who's inside the armor, right? Right. But, I mean, if you don't mention... Mm-hmm. This could be Ultra Magnus number four. <laughs> all right. Well, that's the end of the interview process, uh, or the interview questions, Alex. Uh, but we're not done. I have... Uh, I have a whole new set of rapid fire questions for you because you went through the first rapid fire. So, but but is it also because somebody bashed you on one of the other maybe things, <laughs> saying feedback, saying that your rapid fire was pretty dull and come up with some well, new questions? I, to be honest, I've gotten bored of my rapid fire questions too, but I just haven't, you know, kind of. I, I've needed the kick in the ass to. To, to make new ones. So, oh, it's just the person that complained is a Patreon supporter. A donator. Yeah, a don- yeah donator. Donor. Donator. Donor. Donor. Jeremy played the clip. Sorry, wrong clip. <laughs> <laughs> that was for Voltron. Voltron. Let's watch Voltron. You gotta, you gotta wait. Jeremy, I want to thank our Patreon supporters and donor. donators. Donor. 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 <laughs> it's never gonna get old. Nope. So, so this is Rapid Fire 2.0. Uh, some of these questions I, I lifted from inside the Axer studio, but then I kind of go off on my own. Uh, okay, so Alex, favorite word? Donator. <laughs> Le- least. Le- <laughs> That's it. End of the interview. <laughs> least favorite word? Uh, textures. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, favorite singer or band? Nine Inch Nails. Favorite curse word? Fuzz bucket. <laughs> oh, that's 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 weak, Alex. That's weak. <laughs> I I I gotta think of all those virgin ears out there that doesn't want to hear me say "fuck cunt nugget." All right. So <laughs> hey, that that works for me. We're going to edit that into your so. um uh what sound or noise do you love? The sound of when I'm biting into a nice juicy piece of steak. All right. What sound or noise do you hate? Uh every sound that comes out of Yoshi's mouth. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. Okay. What profession other than yours would you like to attempt? Uh chef. What was your first job? Grocery clerk. Is there a job you would never like to do? Yoshi's job. <laughs> What's your workspace like? Cramped. Way, way too cramped. What do you listen to, if anything, while you work? Currently, uh, YouTube coloring tutorials. <laughs> uh, it, is... it, it makes me feel like I'm in like a studio or classroom again. Oh, I, ju- okay. I just need the social... The, the idea of social interaction. Well, I guess it makes sense. Yeah, working from home, I can relate. <laughs> Need some background noise. Is there anything you constantly get asked to do because you're good at it, other than sketching for people? Hugs. Apparently I'm good at hugs. What's the best advice you've ever received? Don't listen to me. <laughs> What's the last good book you've read? The last one I read, um, the Bartimaeus trilogies, um, Amulet of Samarkand. Okay. Never heard of those. 
check them out. Uh, are, is there anything you're currently reading? Not at the moment. I'm waiting for the next audio book for uh, Lockwood and Co. to come out. I don't have I don't have time to actually read a book. Like I I listen to audio books because mm-hmm. reading Same. means reading means I need to stop what I'm doing and pick up a book and actually flip through it and read words. And sometimes I'd be like, I don't know, mm-hmm. know how to pronounce that word there, but an audio book can pronounce it for me, and I might understand mm-hmm. right away. So. And they do, do voices, you, and they're fun. <laughs> do you believe in ghosts? Sure. Why not? Do you believe in aliens? Well, I'd be pretty, like, dumb not to, because I'm pretty sure there's got to be something out there besides just us. But I don't believe, like, they've visited here, though, because they'd be like, why Why should we waste our time with them? Mm-hmm. Look at them. They can't even say donor properly. They say donator all the time. Except for that one guy. <laughs> Jeremy, roll the clip. <laughs> this one, we want to really thank donors. our Patreon supporters donors. and donators. Donors. <laughs> when you drive on the highway, do you mostly pass people or get passed? Mm, uh, pass people, but then you'll have the odd person that passes you and then almost causes an accident mm-hmm. yes pass people within reason safely right yes in high school other than art class what was your favorite subject uh business math if you want to pump yourself up do you have a go-to song yes you didn't ask what, what is... it was yeah it was implied what is it <laughs> we're not going to take it by twisted sister a good song it's good do you have a guilty pleasure tv show yes (laughs) what is it (laughs) the uh the crown what i don't know i don't know that one it's on netflix it's a oh okay it's a series about um the the start of the reign of queen elizabeth okay cool what's your favorite movie uh oh that's a tough one because there's a bunch but probably uh, aliens. Right on. Do you play any instruments? No. I used to play the clarinet when I was in elementary school. And then like I played the guitar in high school. But I'm just like, instruments, that's, that's something else I got to learn to do. And I'm lazy. <laughs> and I prefer to watch TV at that time. Now, right. now I'm just like, I don't have time for anything. What was the first CD you bought? Nine Inch Nails. Um the downward spiral. I bought that off my brother because he didn't <laughs> he didn't want it anymore. And that was the first CD you bought. Yeah, off your brother. You didn't buy a new one. No, no I, I got that off of him. Even so young, CDs were expensive back then, and he didn't want it. And he's like, "I'll give it to you for ten bucks." And ten bucks was a lot of money for me at that time because sure, I only got five dollars a week for allowance. That was two weeks of allowance right there. Yeah, CDs were much more expensive too. Yeah, yeah, that's what he said. Like a new CD coming out at the time was like $30. $30. And depending if it was like some deluxe packaging, it could be $40. Mm -hmm. Kids these days, they don't know what it was like, how expensive stuff was. Do you know how expensive VHS movie tapes were when they first came out? Like a new release, like a new Disney release? It was 100 bucks. They were ridiculous, yeah. What's a VHS? <laughs> that is something that donators put into their VCRs. <laughs> donors. 
to uh, listen and watch items that were formerly in movie cinemas. It was the alternative to your laser disc, Charles. Right. <laughs> yeah, because I had a laser disc player back then. Charles, I'm, I'm sorry, sorry, no, no, no. VHS is too modern for him. He wants. He probably understands beta. Yes, Charles had a beta max. <laughs> uh, outside of Transformers, do you collect anything else? Oh yeah. <laughs> I this is going to take hours to explain everything <laughs> I collect. <laughs> yeah, I, I collect a lot of art books, science fiction stuff, Star Trek. Star Wars, Lego. I love Lego. I'm addicted to Lego. That's my new plastic crack. And then all of a sudden, yeah. I got I got into buying Transformers again, and I was like, crap. <laughs> so it's like spending even more money now. Money I don't have. Next. All right. No, that's it. Actually, that's the end of it. I don't have any more, unless anybody else has any. How rapid do you think Daryl's rapid-fire questions actually are? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they're they're uh, they're more questions that you have to think about now. So yes, they're not as rapid. I was I was all ready for like who would you choose here, and you give me some wacky choice, and I was just going to be like Tara Strong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should add something with voice actors. Yeah. Yes. Which voice actor is the dreamiest? <laughs> then that'll go to David K. He can. Like whisper sweet nothings to you in a Beast Wars Megatron voice. <laughs> well, can we expect you at uh, at TFCon Toronto this year? Oh yeah, <laughs> I'd be dumb not to go. <laughs> it's, it's your it's your the local um, con. I'm pretty sure that they announced that I was going. So, oh, did they? Okay, yeah. I didn't. I didn't. Don't remember. Long time. I, I wasn't pay I just, attention to the the alt mode stuff. No, I I clock out for alt mode. But uh, I assume any Toronto cons uh, that you you'll be basically in attendance or or circling the parking lot. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know if I'll go to Fan Expo or not. Um, wasn't happy with the spot I had last year, but we'll see. I might I might go again. Cool. All right. Well, thank you so much for for joining us and uh, and and really you know you allowed us to dig deep into a lot of the. Uh, a lot of the questions that we had had over the last little while with uh, with you and 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 the, a lot of the the stories around uh, you and the and the books and stuff like that. So, you know, we appreciate that. No, that's not a problem. It's good to it's good to talk about things so that nobody can get confused about stuff. Right. You know, rumors get started. It's best to just go to the horse's mouth, right? Yeah. So, so uh, if if people want to get a hold of you on social media. Um, would you just uh, refrain from having them do that, or <laughs> <laughs> don't talk to me? Yeah, it's like I'll be like, you can get in contact with me at your own risk. Yeah, uh, if you like hearing about like Lego and pizza and hot dogs and stuff like that. Um, no, uh, you, you can you can find me at Twitter or on Instagram. Do got the Instagram going now. You got is that uh, also. Marker yeah, Guru, uh, Marker Guru zero zero one. Some some shameless person took the regular Marker Guru. I'm like, damn it. Oh, but oh well, it's not a big deal. Those bastards. Right on. All right. Well, thank you so much again. Um, it was great to talk to you, and uh, I'm sure when we uh, when we see you at TFCon, we'll uh, we'll have a chat there and uh, 
and see what uh, what's going on because that'll be real close to the launch of uh, of the ROM Transformers book. So the week before, <laughs> real close. couldn't push it back a week. Yeah, maybe we can get maybe we can get uh, IDW to push it forward because the, the book's done and <laughs> well, like like the issue's done. I'm I'm done issue two. I'm gonna be I'm starting issue three this week. So maybe they could send some um, some copies with you. Hey, yeah, that'd be good. send some copies. John Barber will be there. Yeah, oh, yeah. see if you can get Josh, yeah. Josh Christos Gage to go. I don't know. He might be busy, and why, he might be like, "Why? Why would I want to come up to, to Canada?" It's like I don't know. <laughs> Canadians, amazing. Um, it, it is amazing, yeah. but most most Americans think that we're crazy, which is true. Well, I mean, it goes both ways. <laughs> but, no one accused Americans of being sane. But uh, no. we'll we'll have almost the entire creative team of that book yeah. at TFCon. Yeah, get you guys on a panel or something. Yeah, I know how I love how much you love doing panels. Maybe we can get all of them in a room for an interview. Yeah, I was like, panels. I'm just like, oh, what? And it's like, if who who would you ship on? <laughs> Here and I'll be like, and it's just like I already told you, I I ship I ship skids and Nautica, damn it! And now one of them's dead, so my ship's been destroyed. Stop, stop rubbing it in; it hurts. <laughs> so you ship awesome. a character that actually turns into a ship. Yep. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thanks again, and we will uh, talk to you later. Um, Awesome. Thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, bye for now. Thanks, <laughs> I, donators. I, I don't do goodbyes very well. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Transmissions. Remember, you can help support the show by donating to us directly via Patreon or PayPal. Once you become a donor, you will receive access to donor-only goodies, like donor-only contests, listening to us record transmissions live, and getting transmission swag at 20% off. You can find links for this at transmissionspodcast.com slash support. Subscribing to us on Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play is also a great way to support us here at Transmissions. Every subscription we get helps us get better noticed on those services. Leaving us a comment and five-star review doesn't hurt either. Be sure to come chat with us on Discord. You will find a link for Discord at transmissionspodcast.com slash Discord. And of course, you can always send us an email at feedback at transmissionspodcast.com. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you again next week. I like to thank the donators for listening to all of us ramble on. Donors, donors. Jeremy. It's like an automatic response. It is. Charles, you this just got to accept it, man. We want to really thank our Patreon donors. supporters and donors. And our donators. Donors. donors. <laughs> it doesn't get old. I love it. All right. Charles. All right. That's it. <laughs> He's like, you're not coming back on here, Alex, ever again. I'm just like, maybe your donators want me back. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Perfect. Goodbye, everybody.